3: Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to the Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach us that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you're interested in hearing more of The Confessionals every week, every Thursday we release a special episode on the website for members only. So if you want more of what you already hear on Tuesdays, on Thursdays, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Podcast.com and become a member today. And I want to let you guys know we are dropping another new beard oil scent with a matching beard balm. It's called Yeti. It's going to smell like Christmas. If you walk into a Christmas shop and you know that Christmassy smell, that's what this beard oil smells like. That's what this beard balm smells like. Yeti. And it's available right now on the website all you gotta do is go to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the store section and you'll see the new scent yeti next to all the other scents of sasquatch dogman and specter and to top it off we are also dropping a new beard balm called sasquatch which smells like the actual sasquatch beard oil scent A lot of people love the beard oil scent sasquatch so we are giving it to you in the balm scent right now on the website and if that's not enough for you we're dropping a promo code which is yeti if you go ahead and order three of any of these products and you use the promo code yeti you will get a fourth one for free so go to the confessionalspodcast.com check out the scents because it's the holidays. I know you're buying gifts and this will be a great gift for any dude in your life with a beard and facial hair. I'm telling you guys right now, it's a great product. So go ahead and check it out right now. Now, today we have a great guest coming on the show. We have Zach Voorhees, who's also known as the Google whistleblower. About three or four months ago, he has come out of the shadows and blown the whistle on what Google has been doing when it comes to censorship and diverting search engine results to their desired destination, Zach has shown the world what Google is all about, and how things changed when Donald Trump took office in 2016. We are going to be bringing Zach on, and he's going to talk to us for about an hour and a half about a lot of different things that he has uncovered being on the inside of Google. I will let you guys know that we are going to start working on changing our email address to this show because I don't feel comfortable operating with a Gmail account now that I know what I know from Zach. So let's get to Zach right now. Okay, today I have a great special guest on the show. This is somebody who uh, many of you when I brought the the topic up, didn't even know who I was talking about. And I was really surprised by that. So I was really excited that he said he'd come on the show to talk about his story. This is Zach Voorhees, also known as the Google whistleblower. Zach, how you doing, man?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show, Tony.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad that you came on. And so uh, with your story, this you're somebody who actually worked at Google. And really, I mean... You have come out with information that really fills all our suspicions. We all had suspicions that things were going on behind the scenes and we're just some crazy conspiracy theorists and then you come out of the woodwork where you're actually working in Google and you uncover some serious violations. So if you could just walk us through this experience that you've been through, like you you start out at Google, what kind of spawned you to actually start looking around and snooping around because that's probably the way they look at it snooping around the servers to find this information and what kind of information do you find
0: let me just put like the biggest disclosure up front i caught google deleting words out of its arabic translation dictionary in order to make a trump tweet sound crazy that was the straw that broke the camel's back I had been tracking Google internally for some time prior to that, but it was that, it was seeing that Google manipulating the language in real time that made me realize, okay, I can't stay silent anymore. This is clearly seditious and I need to step forward and disclose this information to the American public.
3: Yeah, and so that tweet that you're talking about and stuff was Cafefe, And uh, when I first saw that tweet, uh, I was like, man, the guy can't spell coffee. That's what, yeah. I I, <laughs> that's what I thought he was talking about.
0: That's what everyone thought. That's what the media was saying is that, is this a typo? Is this a typo? Well, no, it wasn't just a typo. That word translated in translate.google.com to we will stand up. So if you take that and you put it with the original tweet, Despite the negative constant press, kefefe meant we will stand up to the negative press, and so people came out with this doubt, with this uh, translation, this decode, and they went out to the internet and they said, "We figured it out. Donald Trump was giving us a coded message." Well, the New York Times was like, "Actually, actually, that's not really true, right?" and they created this article on June 31st, or maybe it was, I'm sorry, uh, May 31st. And this article, actually, May 31st of 2017, the New York Times came out with an article that said, actually, you know, Trump's tweet doesn't mean anything, and everyone decoding it is a conspiracy theorist, and they don't know what they're talking about. And to prove this, what they did was they were able to find an expert that confirmed what the New York Times was saying, that pay was not a word. Well, the only problem was that they were confirming it with someone that used to contract with the company, which is not an unbiased statement of fact. You know, you can't just go and just, call your employer and be like well my 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 employee agrees with me like no that doesn't count but that's what <laughs> the new york times did Google on June 1st 2017 wrote a design document saying we have to get rid of this uh, this phrase cafe we have to delete it from our Arabic translation dictionary. And they said that it's nonsense. And the reason why they knew it was nonsense was because the New York Times said it was nonsense. So the New York Times had a post in this design document to get rid of the word kafafa.
3: So they get rid of they literally de- deleted it out of the di- dictionary to for attempts to make the president look stupid. Yep. So when it comes to this idea then that uh, Donald Trump is just this raging lunatic moron that accidentally got into the presidency. Uh, how how much of that, if if not all of it, do you personally feel is uh, manipulated by such types of efforts? You know, all
0: of it, all of it, all the. It, it's so sophisticated. It's far more sophisticated than I ever thought it was going to be until I started looking at the details. And what happened was, I would try to search for things like. Um, like immigration, and every single time I tried to find anything, what I would get would is I would get a link back to some news article that was negative about the president spinning it back into like his thing. So, for example, I would type in ex- executive order like immigration, and then it would bring me back to kids in cages and saying, "Oh, Trump's a really bad president." You try to search for anything political, and then. There would be like this news article that would float to the top, and it was just spreading, you know, negative sentiment about the president. And what I saw was when things started to trend on Twitter about, you know, the true state of the world, the deep state would sort of respond by in the next news cycle at at like 4 a.m. in the morning, they they sent out this like you know this directive of what they're going to be talking about. What they would do is that they would take those hot, those trending topics and they would take the keywords that would represent those trending topics and they insert them into articles that would be negative against the president. What would happen is that these negative articles would be the first thing that you searched for. And so what I saw is this rolling manipulation where as things started to trend, these articles would be generated by, you know, Slate or Vox, whatever, to try to capture the people searching for that and then be redirected towards hate of the president. It's like industrial scale propaganda in action.
3: Absolutely. And it's even, so like you just brought the idea of propaganda. So we're talking about big tech companies propagandizing, uh, current events and topics to sway us into a certain way of thinking. Uh, and I'm a very big Harper on the, uh, I call it the mainstream propaganda, which is, you know, the mainstream media uh, doing the very same thing. So basically what you're talking about is we're taking an old stream of propaganda where it comes to th- with the mainstream media and we're adding to it now where now big tech companies are joining in on that propaganda.
0: Yeah, they're colluding. And it's one big cycle, um, one big collusion, the mainstream media, excluding with uh, Google in order to control the narrative in real time.
3: I got you. And it, it would make sense, though. It would make sense that if that's what your goals were to propagandize things, that you would collude with the big tech companies because they are uh, like Google, Facebook. I mean, they have our eyes more than even the mainstream media does today. So if they're trying to look to, to maintain control over our minds, it would make sense that they would do such things. Now, when you started looking into all this stuff, I think it was what, 2016 is when you started really looking into all this when you're still working at Google?
0: Um, yeah. End of 2016, like, you know, 20 beginning of
3: 2017. Okay. So, uh, At that time, when you started, you know, seeing red flags popping up and you start, you know, just kind of making notes of everything, where were you standing as far as a mental mindset goes when it comes to uh, your view of the political process, as far as we just came out of the elections, Trump had just won. uh, What were your thoughts about it? I mean, were you a a Trump guy? Were you not a Trump guy? I mean, because... No,
0: I didn't even vote.
3: You didn't even vote. Didn't even vote. With that said, though, in that those moments were you like, uh, really just not biased on either side? Or did you have a particular side that you were leaning towards? Because I I know that there's people out there that uh, do have biases. And if they came across the information that you came across, and it went went against the way they were thinking initially at that time, it would rock their world, or they would just hide it like Google's trying to hide things?
0: Well, I guess I didn't really understand politics. It just was a mystery to me. And I knew that it was I was being manipulated, and I knew that everyone else was being manipulated, but I didn't really like understand like what was really going on right like it's not until you start going deep that you start getting an idea for how things really do work and now, seeing this coup attempt i I kind of have a better model of how the whole planet works in terms of, you know, there's these bloodlines, uh, these, 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 you know, they ruled over Europe. They are few in number in relation to the rest of the world, but they've got all the wealth and they own the money system and they own all the gold. And so they're in battle with each other. And it looks like that Donald Trump and the military uh, were the ones that were instrumental in, in the 2016 election. And so, as a result, the people that are in the losing position have been trying to reverse the election result ever since. Right. Now I'm really into politics because it's like, oh, okay, so it's just a bunch of bloodlines going to war with each other. Okay, well, that na- now makes sense. And now I see like the the. Basically, a sense of cover ups throughout history that we've done to hide the information from our public, and then now all of a sudden, a lot of things are making sense like the the way that the news talks makes sense the the Bible makes sense um it's just all one big giant cover up of the truth to try to put us into this fake matrix world that that you know that we operate in right like oh like you know, drink fluoride, brush your teeth with it, get all these injections, pay attention to football, blow out your knee as a high schooler, like doing football, whatever. And, um, it's, it's all there to, to sort of keep us occupied and make sure that we don't interfere with the operations of the elite. And, um, and if you're an outsider and you're trying to destabilize, the incumbent force, and all you got to do is just start telling people about the truth, right? Because you start telling, it's like, oh, by the way, all your leaders are really bad people. They're all blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein, right? Like That truth reverberates, and you don't need a megaphone to say it out loud. You can just say it quietly, whisper into someone's ear, and then they'll activate, and they'll be like, oh, this actually explains a lot of the world, and then they'll continue to pass it on. And then you get this like bottom-up, like truth narrative that is always you know right there, burning in the background, simmering, trying to escape, but the 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 people that run the society are like putting their foot down and trying to prevent it from ever emerging because they know that they'll have this exponential growth when the truth starts you know propagating because it's viral, and that's what we're seeing right now. like we're having this amazing awakening. People are finding out about, yes, Jeffrey Epstein did some really, really bad stuff. And it was in snarling all of the highest politicians and Royal family members across the world. And so, um, you know, this is all coming out. It's amazing. I never thought that we would, we would live to see America take back its country from the globalists, you know?
3: Absolutely. And, uh, I didn't either, you know, just, Five years ago, you talk about global elites and you're a crazy person that, you know, if anything should probably be locked up. That's the way uh, you were looked at. I mean, it, and now you hear politicians on TV talking about the elites and the the shadow government. And it's just like the whole script has been flipped. Do you think that Google and these big tech companies are part of that upper elite? Or do you think that their strings are being pulled by the upper elite?
0: I think it's a little both. Um, and, you know, the people that are running both Google and YouTube, you know, they fled totalitarianism. and you know, totalitarian communism and the horrors of that. And then they come to the United States, they use our freedom in order to get unimaginably wealthy. And then they shut the gate behind them. And they're like, okay, time to end free speech now that we got through the door. Time to, like, you know, get rid of all the information we don't approve of. Um, And it's it's mind-blowing it's mind blowing to see them come full circle like this.
3: Oh yeah. You know, and, and I was looking into the whole Facebook thing and, uh, because I'm not a big fan of Facebook either. I, I only use social media because of the show. So, uh, but you know, I was looking at Mark Zuckerberg. He was at Harvard when he, in 2004, when he started Facebook and two, two years before that, The NSA, the alumni that went to Harvard that were working for the NSA, uh, donated 10% of the donations to Harvard two years prior. And I think it was like $30 million or something like that. And then all of a sudden, magically, Facebook starts and... You start looking at the pattern here and you're, and it becomes very clear, at least to me, that there are alphabet agencies that are have their hands deep into these big tech companies from their genesis. Uh, is that how you feel as well? Yeah. And the thing is,
0: is that then they put these, these placeholders that are like, oh, this is the CEO of the company, right? Oh, Mark Zuckerberg, he's the CEO of the company. He built Facebook. But there's a little secret if you live in Silicon Valley- You ever meet Mark Zuckerberg? You're always told, don't ask him how he created Facebook. He hates it. He doesn't want to talk about it, right? And this doesn't make any sense if you're a Normie and you're like, you know, you believe that the world is legitimately run. You're like, well, wait a minute. Why would Mark Zuckerberg not want to talk about how he created Facebook? If I created Facebook, you couldn't get me to shut up about it. I would meet people on the subway and be like, oh, by the way, did you know that I created Facebook? How are you doing, right? Why? Because it'd be the most crowning achievement thing that I would ever have created in my life. I'd be so proud about it that I would just tell, you know, I would want to tell everyone so that maybe they could even, you know, create some little social networking site and then I would be the guy that helped them do it and then I, I could absorb them, right? Like the thing is, is I would want to create this network of information based upon the secrets that I had discovered to create this large company. Well, as it turns out, Mark Zuckerberg hates those questions. Don't ever ask him that. And that doesn't make sense unless you consider that Mark Zuckerberg himself is a placeholder for this company. And it's like, well, if they can get a puppet inserted as the figurehead of one tech company, what are the chances that this could happen to other tech companies? Hello, Twitter. Hello, Google. Hello, you know, company X, Y, and Z. And the thing is, is that the people that are Really good. If they are not controllable, then they're going to get kicked out. And nobody, you know, illustrates this better than Travis Kalanick. Right? He's the Uber guy. He created Uber from the ground up. He is um, a very intense sociopath, from what other people have told me. Um, he is able to just nonstop push the stuff, and he doesn't care who, what, or who he breaks in the process of getting to that position. Well. You may remember that the New York Times started writing about how toxic the uber culture was. And what happened was, you know, Travis ended up getting kicked out after the New York Times ran six hit articles on him that were just just ripped him apart. Well, he resigns from CEO of the company. And guess who gets placed in his place? one of the board members from the New York Times that had been writing all of the hit pieces. <laughs> so if you want to know whether someone's legitimate or not, all you got to know is whether they've been forced out of the company. Once they're forced out of the company, then you're like, okay, I know that this person is good. Travis Kalanick, you're really talented. Um, and if you ever see this, like hats off to you. You built one of the greatest technology companies uber and um and i have a lot of admiration for that even if you do happen to be an emotionless sociopath um (laughs) but uh if they are this puppet you know individual that doesn't have a lot of talent it's more of a figurehead then uh, as long as they're controllable then they're going to be kept in the company and that's what you see with people like mark zuckerberg
3: yeah and you know if you think about the timeline of his life when he supposedly created Facebook, he was probably about 19 years old. Mm -hmm. If you were 19 years old and the government comes to you and says, we're going to help you create this amazing technology and we're going to fund it, uh, unimaginable wealth. What are you going to do? whatever. I'm going to grab old. my pen. I'm going to grab word I sign. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. And so when you look at Mark Zuckerberg and the way he, the way you just described how he doesn't like talking about it, it's because he knows something that he does. He's not allowed to talk about. And the proof in that very thing is the fact of what happened to Alex Jones. You have Spotify, uh, Facebook, Uh, What was it? Twitter, uh, uh, iTunes, all in one day within hours, kicking him off the platform. That's not by chance. That's not a random thing. That is somebody or some entity above these companies organizing a hit. It's not like Zuckerberg called those companies up one day and said, hey, let's just talk about this and think about what we could do here, because I really think he's a bad guy. They didn't do that. They did they, they just carried out orders. It was very clear it was a hit job from somebody above their pay grade.
0: Yep. And that and this is the thing, is who's really controlling these puppet strings, right? Like who's controlling all these people? Um, you know, who's controlling the CEO? And once you realize that they're puppets, that's when you realize the reason why they do the things that they do. Like Susan Wachiski, the CEO of YouTube, she got on stage and she's talking about all these things about how were for the user and helping them express themselves because this is what we believe and this is what's really important. Until the wrong person gets elected president, then it's throwing all that away so that they can do something else. So that they can now lock down the internet. And they don't even change CEOs. They do it with the exact same CEO that said that freedom is intrinsic to the nature of the company. Now they're saying oh we gotta ban all the Nazis. It's whatever they have to do to seize power. Like words are not a space for truth. They're a, a battleground where combat for power takes place.
3: Wow. That's incredible. Uh, so Google censors. Yeah, <laughs> Google censors. I mean, we're talking about uh, this is like the modern version of 1984 with George Orwell. Am I, am, am I wrong in that? I mean- No, 100% it, right. Controlling the speech, redefining speech, and we you hit it right off the top of the off the top of the show with uh Kefefe. They're literally taking words away, and when they do that, we turn around we're supposed to say yes, okay, two plus two is five that's what they want
0: that's what they want right They want to instill a sense of learned helplessness where we don't even know what's a boy and what's a girl unless we get the definition for what the state says. And if they can switch, you know, more rapidly, cycle through what's acceptable, then the thing is, is that you don't even know what's acceptable until you go in, right? Because it's like Blackface was okay, and they even had it in a movie up until 2008, Um, and then, uh, what was it, Tropic Thunder?
3: Yeah, with Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yeah, so he was in blackface and that was all right, and that was acceptable to everyone and now all of a sudden blackface is no longer cool like in the span of a decade blackface becomes like this really like unacceptable thing and now if anyone's ever done it they can be cancelled from their whatever position and this whole thing of like come on state tell me what's right and what's not right like whiteface totally appropriate why because that's what the state says and and the more that we get into this position, the more that we realize that we can't understand what's good or not, other than what this mainstream media is telling us at this time.
3: All right, let's take a break from the show right now and talk about one of our sponsors, Rooted. We talked about Rooted before. We had my wife on the show to talk about her experience with Rooted. She is a self-proclaimed plant serial killer she kills all plants that she comes across i kid you not and she is loving rooted because rooted allows you to go to their website and take a customized test to find out what plants best suit you the environment that you live in do you have pets like us with the cat Do you have a child like us with Ben? They take all these things into account and then they tell you what best plants are for you and then they ship them right to your door. You don't got to go worry about picking it up anywhere. They go right to your door every single time and they use specific nurseries this isn't something that they actually you know hey let's just plant this here let it grow dig it up and ship it to the customer they actually use specific local nurseries and work directly with the growers so that the plants are shipped directly from the nursery so If you are looking to make your home a jungle with plants that will survive and fit the environment of your home, look no further than Rooted. It's a modern driven plant company that makes being a plant parent fun and easy. Go to rooted.nyc slash confess and use the promo code confess to receive 15% off your first order. That's r o dot slash confess and be sure to use code confess to receive 15% off. So what's up with these uh, blacklists that you came across within Google? Uh, Were these things literally like blacklists as in um, certain people's names are to be suppressed on Google searches? Or was it more complex? I know you've mentioned in the past about uh, something to do with the Vegas shootings in these blacklists. Am I right?
0: Yeah. So off the top of my head, there's like three blacklists. Uh, that I was able to release. One of them was for Google Now, censoring a bunch of news. One of them was the YouTube query blacklist. And then there was another one, which was specifically for Google News on Google News and the Google search linking to news. And the latter was really, really, really interesting. It was created on October 2nd, 2017, when the Las Vegas shooting massacre occurred. And Google made this emergency declaration saying that they needed to filter the internet for bad news and so that's what they did and they did that by the creation of these two blacklists the YouTube query blacklist and then something else that I can't remember what the name of it is right now but it escapes me the what do these blacklists get populated with stuff involving people searching for false flag information and so you know what you see with YouTube query blacklist is like Half of it, maybe even a little bit more, is dedicated to covering up false flag searches, right? So, for example, anything involving Stephen Paddock, multiple shooters, etc. are being blocked. Another thing is blocked is the fact that, uh, well, this is not really well known about Las Vegas, but there was an ISIS group that claimed responsibility for the attack. Yeah. And the whole media, which in the past had told me that. ISIS doesn't mess around. They don't make declarations unless they really mean it. All of a sudden declared unilaterally that this was fake. This was not true. ISIS could not have been involved with this. It was a white male shooting from this Mandalay Bay slash Four Seasons. And so they created these these blacklists to hide that information, hide the fact that ISIS Was claiming responsibility for this attack, hiding information related to people trying to find um, the fact that this was a an assassination attempt on Mohammed bin Salman, who would later become the future king. Many people don't know that this was an assassination. You're talking about yeah, because the building happened in the Mandalay Bay, and the top four floors of the Mandalay Bay is not the Mandalay Bay; it's actually the Four Seasons. And the royal family from Saudi Arabia had rented out the building at that time. And they were there. And in fact, we've got video of Mohammed bin Salman being escorted out of the Tropicana that night after the shooting started, surrounded by armed military personnel. There's also rumor of a firefight that was happening at the Las Vegas shooting. And so Google decided that they were going to blacklist a whole bunch of this information. but. Something that I didn't expect is that in the midst of all this chaos, they inserted a bad URL so that they could covertly take down a free energy site. Okay? The name of the energy site was e-catworld.com. And all they do is that they focus their efforts on reviewing information coming out about this physical process called cold fusion. And so, um, this website, which doesn't talk about the Las Vegas shooting, was entered into this blacklist as one that did. As a result, the whole site got removed from the index. Okay? I knew about this because I happened to just go to the website. And the website, when I went to it one day, said, we've been knocked off the Google index. People can't even Whoa. search for any part of our website. I went, no way. I got on the computer, and I typed it in. sure enough, I couldn't even type in the exact URL in Google. It would it would it didn't know that this site existed for some reason. Right? So I went through, and I made a stink to get them relisted because I said this was a bug. I got them relisted. And then I started thinking to myself, who and why would want to take this website offline? Because obviously, according to the media, cold fusion is fake. So if someone's just talking about pure nonsense, then who cares? Right. Why would there be this sophisticated hack to take down a website that was talking about nonsense? Unless it wasn't actually talking about nonsense. Maybe this cold fusion was real and someone on the inside wanted to take it out. Now, why would Google want to take out cold fusion? This was something that I thought to myself. And I started to come to a couple of realizations. I said, if we assume that cold fusion is a real physical process, then we can come to a couple of predictions. One, Google's got the money to fund their own research and keep their finger on the pulse of this industry. Two, Google would invest their money, but they wouldn't tell the world because they are in on the collusion for global warming. Nothing would make the global warming house of cards fall down quicker than the announcement of a clean source of abundant nuclear energy that was completely safe, could be miniaturized, could be put in your home, could be put in a city center, could be scaled up, could be scaled down. Something like that would end the whole global warming climate alarmism immediately. We wouldn't even need to use anything like solar panels. Like solar panels are really bad for the environment, right? You have to rip up a lot of earth in order to get those rare earths to make these panels. Well, now you just make, you know, this this thing, and all you need is palladium to like run your nuclear chemistry, for lack of a better term. And so I realized that Google would keep this a secret. And what I found out is that, well, What I realized is that I could just go ahead and uh, search for this company. And if my predictions were correct, I would find it. Well, I found it. Google had a secret cold fusion laboratory at the time. And I even talked to the scientists that were running it. And I went, okay, this model that I have of how the world works has been predictive enough to realize that, yes, there is a full-scale conspiracy to lie to the people about the nature of our energy technology. We're way ahead of what has been like disclosed to the public. And so part of my disclosure, giving all this information to the public, is to disclose the fact that this cold fusion technology was being attacked by some unknown third-party insider that knew how to inject this fake URL to take them down. And you know what it was probably just Google themselves because they had their own cold fusion laboratory, and it wouldn't be until about a year- couple of years after this that Google would finally acknowledge that yes, they did have a cold fusion lab. They said that they haven't found anything that they're shutting it down, but that's not necessarily true um you know I think that that's sort of a piece of deception. I believe that Google has found out that. You know, they've got their own cult fusion thing up and running. In fact, the CEO, Sundar Pichai, recently said that Google had some exciting investments within the alternative energy landscape that was going to make fundamental changes in society. So I think that they're actually hinting that they've got the working technology. And right now, they just want to make sure that if the if the normies, if the commoners, Figure out how to do cold fusion. That they've got their own their own thing ready to go. They're just going to roll it out, and then all of a sudden, will be this abundant energy everywhere. But that it's going to be theirs. They don't want right. somebody that's not part of their cult to get this technology and get the, a head start on them.
3: Yeah, they're monopolizing everything. Whether it's the search engine or anything they want to have their hands on, they want to monopolize it. And so you're coming across this information. And you decide to come out and start speaking about it. Now, you went to Project Veritas and you released a lot of information on there. Uh, at what point did you decide to take this to another level? Uh, and I believe what happened is you activated a kill switch, which was you giving, what was it Veritas, uh, the ability to release more information if you were to be killed? yeah and so why why did you fear for your life to begin with? Google was trying to make moves
0: covertly on Twitter to let me know that they knew who I was. Uh, I started getting trolled by a user by the name of a one Snowflake, and they started outing my real name and then outing that I was a a, a leaker and I was able to set up a honey a honeypot for this individual. They clicked on a link that was running off a server that we controlled. Therefore, we got the standard information that your web browser will send when it accesses a website, which is its IP information and also its user agent string. So from that from those two things we were able to find out the location and the computer that they were using, which was like a MacBook running Chrome, and they were accessing all of this from Google, Indiana. So we were able to figure out <laughs> this person is Google. So what I realized at that point was, you know, there had been some heat on me prior to this by a law firm representing Google. And so what I did was I went to James O'Keefe and I said, hey, I've given you a lot of information. We've only released two pages, but. In the event of my untimely death, I give you permission to release all the files to the American public. And then I went to Twitter because I know that Google's been monitoring me and my handle. I went on Twitter and I said, um, In the event of my untimely death, all files will become public. At that point, Google. Called the police and they red flagged me. They said, You need to do a wellness check on this individual. And the reason why is because he looks like he's crazy. And so um, they decided that they were going to do a wellness check. But unfortunately for Google, I had given them the wrong address when I left. I said, Oh, my new address is here. And it wasn't. And so when the Police were given a wellness check directive by Google. They were given the wrong address. And so they came to the wrong house. My friends were there. They gave me the heads up that Google was coming. And so, or I'm sorry, that the police were after me. And so 30 minutes later, the police were knocking on my gate. And I just decided that, you know what? I don't think there's anything good that's going to come from this. I'm just not going to answer the door. And I'm just gonna let them do their thing. So they do. And uh, they decide that they're not gonna take no answer for an answer. And so they find an excuse to call in a bomb threat. And the excuse that they used was a tin can filled with denatured alcohol that was by my gate system. You see, my roommate is a fire spinner and she goes to places like Burning, Ban- Burning Man and dances on stage. So she left this, this denatured alcohol that she uses for fire spinning by her gate. So they saw this. They said, What could that be? Could be an incendiary unit, could be rigged up to explosives to, to, to explode on us. So, um, boom, they locked down the whole street. Right, they lock down from like 20th to 22nd. The liquor store across the street gets evacuated. My neighbors get evacuated. The theater next door to me gets evacuated, and so, um, they're escalating, and I don't even know that they've escalated to this point. I just know that there's police cars that I can see, uh, in the you know around the block, up the street, and that for some reason there's this helicopter that keeps on circling around me really low. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, this this would be a conspiracy theory to believe that Google escalated to the point that they sent a helicopter after me. But sure enough, that helicopter was for me. And there was a situation and it was on Twitter and uh, it was breaking news. At this time, my friend who had gotten worried about me decided that he was going to come and check in on me in San Francisco. He saw that the street was shut down. He's like, are you guys here for Zach? And they're like, who are you? He's like, I'm his best friend. So they, so I, he got into communication with me. He's like, yo, man, the whole street is shut down. And they've shut it down because they're coming after you. And I went, no way. He's like, yep. There's snipers on the rooftops. There's a bomb squad like getting through your gate right now. There's FBI. There's people on the route. Yeah, there's the whole mess. So um, after negotiation, I start to realize that they are not going to go away. They want to ask me about whether I'm going to kill myself. And if I don't talk to them in person, they're going to set up and keep there for several shifts. So I start realizing, well, you know, they're going to come up with an excuse. They're going to come into my house. And then, you know, who knows what could happen? Like, they may shoot me. Their body cams may not work correctly for some reason. So I realized that the safest thing that I can do is to come out into the public with my hands up, let them know that I'm coming. And if they're going to shoot me, let them shoot me with 20 cameras rolling because man, that's a logistical nightmare to cover up. Let me tell you. So I decide that I'm going to come out with my hands up and I talk to them and, um, and you know, obviously I'm not trying to kill myself. Obviously I don't want to hurt anyone. I just want to disclose the truth that I'm a whistleblower. And I had the, um, the proof that I was a whistleblower because I had a picture of the image that I had sent of a letter that I had sent back to Google. So I showed them the letter. They're like, Oh, you are a, a whistleblower. I was like, Yep. And so then they got really friendly and things started to de-escalate. I got right back in the ha in the house. I got a plane ticket the next day, and I was out to DC at 8 a.m. the next day. So uh, that was my kind of brush with death. If I hadn't done something the correct way, if my friend hadn't gotten there when he had done, then it's, would, it could have been possible that they could have popped me one by storming into the house, pretending I was going to destroy evidence, then, you know, that that could have been it. Right. So, and, and,
3: you know, Google should be held accountable for what they did that day. Because what they did is they called in a quote-unquote wellness check on you in hopes that two things would either happen. Best case scenario, you do something the wrong way and you get shot and you're dead. They're in the clear. At least what could come out of it then, if not that, is that they discredit you. That they had to call the police because they had an employee that was just a little loony and they had to call the police make sure he was okay and... Therefore, anything that Zach says shouldn't be held uh, you know serious because he, he has mental issues. That's their goal that day. They wasted taxpayer dollars sending in the police, bomb threats, all that stuff that came from that, because they are just trying to cover themselves up. That's, that's right. That's unbelievable, and they're not, nothing is going to happen. That's the thing that drives. If you did that, you'd be in legal problems. Google? Ah, it is what it is.
0: Trillion dollar company, what are you gonna do? Assume being court, I have my resources for five years yeah. to maybe get a small pittance, you know, in compensation. Not worth it. It's just gonna take the lumps and keep on going. So So you um, went to
3: you went to DC. What'd you go to DC for?
0: Um I Needed to drum up support for this disclosure, so we got Sarah Carter, D.C., who's this fantastic reporter out of D.C. and also Fox News contributor. And we told her the story of what was going to go down, and she got really interested. So she started writing. She's like, "DOJ, you know, breaking story. DOJ has been receiving like received 950 pages of documents, right? And so she's she's been putting pressure on this. And I credit her for helping me get the whole uh, ball rolling with the DOJ. And um, now there's a bunch of people that are getting letters from the DOJ, tech companies, telling them that, uh, you know, hey, we need to get some information from you. Um, We're investigating a very large uh, company. We assume that that's Google. And so, um, you know, I don't know if that would have been possible if it were not for not you know, Sarah Carter having trust in me and the story and doing it justice and coming out and talking about it
3: first. All right, let's take a second and talk about our last sponsor for today's show, which is Ember Wave. We've talked about Ember Wave before on the show. Listen, guys, I only promote things that we've actually tried and that we actually enjoy. I'm telling you right now, Ember Wave is something that we really do enjoy. Lindsay's tried it. I wear it more often than she does. In fact, I wear it to work a lot. Because Ember Wave is actually a bracelet you wear on your wrist and it helps to regulate your temperature when you're in environments where the temperature is always changing. So I'm getting in and out of my truck during the day at work and this bracelet has really been helping with body regulation when it comes to temperature. If you're in an office and the temperature is too hot or it's too cold, Ember Wave bracelet is the thing you definitely want to try to wear on your wrist. It's awesome. It's been created by three scientists that graduated from MIT. These are MIT scientists, three of them. MIT is like the technology capital of the world, and we got three guys who created this thing. You know it's awesome. Trust me, you want to try this out. And right now, we have a Cyber Monday sale, and listeners can get $60 off if they go to emberwave.com slash Tony. That's emberwave.com slash Tony, E M B R w-a-v-e dot com slash Tony. Go and get your $60 off right now. If you've been thinking about the Ember Wave, now's the time to do it. Cyber Monday sale. Go. Did you ever have to be considered for uh, like witness protection or anything after this Google incident with call, calling the uh, quote-unquote wellness check on you? I mean, if they're willing to do that, then who knows what they're willing to do? I mean, they have endless resources.
0: Yeah, they do. But the thing is, is that I know that with the Colts, they're outnumbered 10 million to one. Um, they can do whatever they want. Uh, they're not, I'm not gonna be able to have the resources to stop them. All I can do is use whatever action they're going to do to me and leverage that so that I can bring a great awakening to the rest of the individuals. That's what they're afraid of. And so as long as they know that I'm willing to leverage any action in order to bring it to the mainstream attention that I know that they're going to think twice and not want to make any mistakes. So, um, they may, at this point, they may be getting a case for all I know, I could still be totally destroyed going through a court case, um, related to this. Um, and that, that, that's a real possibility, but my calculus is that if I just keep the heat on them, then if they try to do that to me, then we're just going to talk about how I disclosed in every single article, I'm going to. Get them talking about how I disclose all this information. And then we're going to get more people to investigate and we're going to get more stories generated. And then I'm going to be the human interest focal point that will be the hook to get this information disclosed.
3: Well, I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do what you're doing, man. It really does. I mean, there I think there's a lot of times people sit down when they're by themselves and they they think about being in tough situations and wondering what they would do. And uh you're following through on things that people think they would be able to do in the, in the private moment when they're really not um, under the pressure. Uh, it, it would have been easier for you to keep your mouth shut is what I'm trying to say. I mean, and, and how many people out there would have kept their mouth shut? How many people out there are keeping their mouth shut? Oh
0: my God, it's uncountable how many people have like had the opportunity to disclose this to the general public, but instead of doing it, they just kept their mouth shut. It's disgraceful.
3: And, you know, it it is in the sense that uh, they don't have this sense of higher obligation to disclose uh, things that are harming people. Uh, like Google, and what they're doing with suppressing search engine results and things like that. And, and they're, they're continuing to do this. I mean, this is not something that you expose and they stop. They continue to do this. And it is hurting our country because Google is the search hub. Everybody goes to Google to search for things. And they're manipulating people's minds to think a certain way They are getting their desired result out of that. They are literally controlling people's minds and how they think. People will say, oh, you can't, they can't make me think things. Yes, they can because they choose what to show you. That's right. So you are coming out as the Google whistleblower here in America. Is this a global problem or is this an American thing?
0: Yes, it's all over the place. They, I caught them uh, manipulating the elections for the Irish referendum related to abortion. Right? They helped Ireland repeal their um, their stance on no abortions. Can now get an abortion in Ireland, thanks in part to Google. Uh, the Supreme Court of Brazil ruled that Google had meddled in their election. And they know this because there's a secret agreement that was produced by the politician that lost and Google. Um, And then you go and you look at, you know, the work that Dr. Robert Epstein has been doing, showing how the manipulation of information would produce, well, in his estimates, between 2.5 and 10.5 million additional voters for Hillary Clinton, based upon hiding of information and the... um, you know, censorship. And then you could go back and you can see that there's other countries like Egypt. Um, Egypt was overthrown. I think it was like 2011 or 2012 during the Arab spring. And then it came out that the person that was responsible for this was a Google employee. Just so happened that the person that started the Egyptian revolution was a Google employee, um, you know, used to work for the CIA and then with this democracy that then they and then when you know things came to a head, they had a um an election and then the Muslim Brotherhood won. And then they started doing a bunch of evil stuff. And it was like, okay, so Google's now part of this conspiracy to overthrow like a country to make it more Muslim. Like, like this cult that runs the globalists have a fetish with Muslims, they want to push them. Everywhere that they can around the world and flip those countries and turn a Muslim, so here is a Google employee turning egypt Muslim, and then the the military had to take over and run out the Muslim Brotherhood guy out of office and um and you know that was that, and I've also heard now, and i i I'm having trouble finding out this information um there doesn't seem to be a lot there anymore. But from what I've heard from others is that Google was running the communications infrastructure of Libya. And when Libya was being overthrown by rebels, um, they shut, Google shut down communication to the existing regime. And even though the media said that Gaddafi was a really horrible bad man that repressed his people, from what I've heard, Libya was the crown jewel of North Africa. It was the people loved him in that country, and the deep state didn't like him because he was trying to introduce a gold-backed currency, and that was going to interfere with the United States' petrodollar. And so as a result, they engineered an overthrow of the dude's country. And, um, and the last video we got of Gaddafi was him being sodomized by the bayonet of a uh, gun, or maybe it was a sword. And so, um, you know, another instance. And so when people say, well, you know, is there any evidence of Google meddling in election? It's like, well, yeah. Which country are you talking about? Cause there's many.
3: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty incredible. And not just these countries, but our country as well. And they're doing it now. I know with, um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, she had her issues and even Steven Crowder, I heard just recently had his issues as well. Uh, have you heard about that? I know you're not at Google when this was going on. Do you know? Yeah.
0: And yeah, the, the methodology that they're able to show the bias is that they are able to look at something. Okay. In America, and then they VPN to the UK, and then they do the same search on the same search engine. And what happens is they get wildly different results. And so, for example, uh, Stephen Crowder, Laura Loomer—no, it wasn't Laura Loomer. It was Stephen Crowder, and it was Tulsi Gabbard. Were both like suppressed in the United States, and they appeared as the first result in the UK or Russia. So it's like, okay, we get it. It's a regional, it's a region-based manipulation because you don't want the. Voter normies to hear the information that contradicts what the mainstream media is saying.
3: You know, if they were not meddling with uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and if the DNC didn't actively suppress Tulsi Gabbard and the mainstream propaganda actively suppress her, she would probably be the leading candidate right now. She is the most level-headed Democrat running for office there is right now. She she has fantastic uh, motives of heart when it comes to why she does what she does unlike all these other politicians that are in it for their own you know personal gains she is the only one I've heard talk about how uh, why she does what she does and it being uh, something completely different than what uh, you're seeing in the news and of course Google's gonna prop up those things, and I know they took down her ad, her AdSense, right? Is that like how mm-hmm. they kind of destroyed her after the uh, first uh, presidential debates, right?
0: Yeah, they disabled her ad account, and then everyone else was able to steal the first place in the search results, like Kamal Harris and you know Elizabeth Warren, like you because know, Tulsi Gabbard wasn't even buying her own keywords because her account was shut down.
3: So you worked for Google. You're not at Google anymore. I'm assuming you don't use Google. Is that true or no? As little
0: as possible.
3: Okay, so if you're you say as little as possible, what what are the other alternatives for the people listening that they're listening to the Google whistleblower himself talk about why he did what he did and the the just and we're just scratching the surface on things here. Uh, that it's so deep. Uh, what would you suggest to the people listening as to how to go about uh, taking back their authority? online. So first off,
0: stop using Android. Android's bad. Android's finding all of the information and sending it out to the intelligence agencies around the world. Like do you want China to know like what you're doing, you know, and seeing all your dick pics like the, the, like get rid of it. Go to iPhone. <laughs> we think it's better. We don't know for sure. iPhone, Apple does not make most of their money by selling your data. They make most of the money by selling you an overpriced phone that works really well. Uh, second thing, you gotta ditch Chrome. Chrome is tracking you on the desktop all the time. Doesn't matter what computer you have, they're tracking you when you use it. Um, and the way that I like to, you know, surf the web is with a browser called the Brave Browser. Firefox used to be good. But then they went all SJW and they fired their CEO and founder. And then he left and then he created the browser, uh, the Brave browser. So the Brave browser is the old Firefox guy. The Brave browser is a fork of Chrome. And what they've done is they've, they've trimmed all the fat. They've gotten rid of all the tracking stuff in it. Now they block a whole bunch of stuff. And this is really fantastic because it means that the browser experience is way faster. Right? If you're not being tracked, it turns out that all that tracking stuff was clogging up pipes and you know giving a CPU burden and making it so that your computer couldn't go to sleep. You go to Bra- the Brave browser, it's a much faster experience. Your computer will speed up by like a factor of four if you use you know web stuff all the time. It's great. The next is email. So Google's got Gmail. The encrypting email is called Proton Mail. I like ProtonMail way better than I like Gmail. So that's another thing that I do. Um, What else can I talk about in terms of Google Project? Google Docs. I have not gotten a good replacement for Google Docs. I tend to use other things than writing everything as a Google Doc now. It's just sort of a change in habit. Um, I'd like to find something that is much better and doesn't have all the, the 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 things associated with it. For file storage, I don't use Google Drive. I now use Mega.NZ. Um, and it's a great upload file service. I love it. And then uh, what else? Um, I think that's pretty much most of it. Like if people can do that, then they're going to be mostly there... Along the way of the Google Detox. And um, it's just going to be good because, like, you're not going to have that creepy feeling when you're using the web that they can see all the things that you're typing in.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one search engine that I came across, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's called Swiss Cows. Uh, It's. It says that it's supposed to be a privacy, you know, safe place to be searching and stuff. It's not as good as Google, but the uh, logistics of it seem to be really, really nice. And I I actually like it better than DuckDuckGo, uh, which is what I was using before as well. Uh, But yeah, those are some really great things. And hopefully the audience will uh, utilize that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned about how the whole police being called uh, was like a brush of death. Uh, that wasn't the first brush of death, though, that you had, because I know that you were at YouTube when the YouTube shooting.
0: The shooter shooting, yeah. Could you- yeah, April 2018. Uh, Nassim, uh, a um, a person from San Diego, got upset because her channel got deleted. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It got Demonetized, so she could no longer run ads, and so she got into a car and came to YouTube. Ended up not making it all the way to YouTube, make it to the Mountain View campus, falling asleep in her car. Um, the police knocked on her window and uh, checked her out, and then they let her go. And then she came to YouTube during lunch came in and opened fire and, uh, tried to shoot a bunch of people and succeeded. And, uh, and then she took the gun with her last few bullets and fired on herself in the chest and killed herself. And I, I got the word of what this had happened when I, when the fire alarm was pulled. So the fire alarm pulled, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? Oh, I hope this isn't a false flag. Ha, ha, ha. And so I grab my skateboard. I go out the back, and uh, there's like a hill down to the exit area from the back. So I take my electric skateboard. I throw it on the ground. I jump on it, and I'm heading down the hill as fast as I can. There's like Everyone else is behind me, but I'm faster than them because I got a skateboard. I come down and um I see that there's this person laying on their back. And it turned out that this was the girl, but I noticed that there had what looks like like a like a five o'clock shadow or something. So um and it looked like a dude sitting on the back. So I um I ended up reporting to the to the news people later on, after I got into safety, that there was a guy that had been shot by the shooter. Well, they said, that's impossible because the only person that the shooter killed was herself, and it was a woman. And I went, what? No, that's impossible. And so for a while, though, they actually thought that there was two shooters. Well, um, it all clicked when I saw the shooter. Nassim had an apple, Adam's apple, and she was built like a dude. So, this is the really weird thing about this whole thing is that you know this whole shooting went down, and um, it turned out that it was a transvestite. Um, I don't and, really remember ever
3: saying that on the news at all.
0: No, they, they, they never said this on the news. Go, go look at it. They'll, they won't say that it was a transvestite. They still, to this day, reported it as a woman.
3: Yeah, I thought it was like some woman that was uh, on YouTube. Um, I thought she was like doing some sexy videos or something like that like for for I don't remember what it was, but I just I had this very clear distinction in my mind that this was a woman uh creating videos on YouTube and they took her money away and she got mad uh and you know went crazy,
0: yeah, wow well, yeah, so nothing about this story makes any sense um the the parents claimed that they had told. And warned the police, that their daughter was coming to shoot up YouTube or Google, that she was very upset. And the fact that the police found her in her car in the Google parking lot with this information being known, and they didn't stop her. It's like, what's going on here? Someone's not telling the truth. Something's not adding up. And so I did some research on her family. And found out that her dad worked for the Iranian intelligence services. I'm like, oh, no, there's another rabbit hole yet again. Of course. Like, there's something weird going on. And so, yeah, that's the inside scoop. The shooter in 2018 was a woman. Oh, was a dude.
3: Wow. And isn't that a common thing? I mean, the uh, Vegas shooter, or at least the supposed shooter, Stephen Paddock. And you know, by the way, Zach, I interviewed two people that were in Vegas that night. That Oh, really? Yeah. It, with, within a less, less than a week of the shooting, I had them on my show. And the mainstream propaganda didn't want anything to do with people who are actually there because they would actually give real information. And uh, I had one guy come on who was actually in the concert. And I had another guy that was at the Bellagio. Like a mile away from this shooting, and they had an active shooter in the Bellagio. There were a lot of things going on in Vegas that night that was unreported
0: yeah, yeah, and then a bunch of people started dying after the shooting yeah. happened like like a week after they like well,
3: the one the one woman who died was at the concert with the guy I interviewed, and I can't remember the full story, but she had uh she had a medical condition that this shooting uh really vamped it up and uh she wound up passing away from this previous medical condition and then there's the conspiracies going around that, that she was taken out. She really wasn't taken out. She just she literally had a medical condition that this shooting uh really affected. Um yeah. and she wasn't hit though. But um Yeah but there's there's like nine other
0: people that died. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Oh yeah, and there's there's so many holes in this thing. Uh, I I had another family come on the show that were they were underneath uh, Stephen Paddock's room when this was happening. I think they were on the other side of the hall though. Uh, but their daughter was in the in the concert, and she was on the phone with her parents when the shooting was going on, saying that there was shooting from a helicopter. I have video of a helicopter. Flying around that night during the shooting, and so it, it, there's not there's, I know this is not you know what we're supposed to be talking about, but hey, you know it is what it is um I
0: mean no this this whole this whole censorship happened. I like I know what the story is It was an attempted assassination on Mohammed bin salman like that's right. that's why there were the black helicopters, that's usually why there was a mass shooting, thats usually why there was crisis actors that were involved in this in this whole thing that blew over. I lost my fucking mind researching this because all the people that the media had reported had died i started doing background searches on them and figuring out that all of their facebook profiles were created by someone else yeah. that their gofundmes were being created by someone else that when they said oh they're being lost by their teacher like they had a memorial for them in this like um at the school where they're a teacher. And then I would go and I would look at what people were saying. And they're like, did you know who this person was? I'm like, no, I heard she was a substitute teacher that substituted here like once three years ago. And I'm like, wait a minute. So this person was a substitute teacher at the school. So now the media's reporting that they were part of this, like intimately part of this district when they weren't. And then you go and you look at the memorial and there's like three people there. And i like, wait a minute this person who is beloved by her community had a memorial and like three to eight people show up and that's it. And I I kept on seeing this over and over again. And it was the same thing. Like they had a Facebook profile for them. They had one video, um, they had like a bunch of pictures and then it was all done the exact same way over and over and over and over again for like every single one of like the 21 people that they had that they were venerating in all the different media stations. And it was like ABC, NBC, CBS. They all were saying, talking about the same people and all the people that they were talking about had the appearance of being, you know, a fake person with a manufactured um, uh, Facebook profile that was created three years ago. And, and when they died, there was no family members or friends coming out, pouring their hearts out saying, Oh, we were friends since we were 10 years old. Remember we did this. I'm going to miss you, buddy. Like none of that. It was a bunch of people coming on Facebook saying, you know, I never knew who you were. Like, I just met you over the internet from this thing, but rest in peace. It was this like anonymous people crying their eyes out over and over and over again. I couldn't find anyone that was their high school friend that was like their childhood friend or any person that was related to them. And it's just like, okay, like maybe one or two that's, that's a little bit out there, but like every single person that the media was talking about turned out to be like, looked like that they were not even real. And then you look at the survival rate. Like it was told that like 400 people were shot with this high powered machine gun. Right. And then they got, but they, nobody could reach them uh, for like an hour. And so they were brought to the hospital and then something like, it was like a 99% recovery rate. Now, I don't know if you ever seen what happens when someone gets shot, but they bleed out and then, you know, they go into shock and then their brain undergoes brain death in the hospital because of all the inflammation from um, hypoxia. And so what happens is that people start pulling the plug after a week, well, it's clear that the person's got overwhelming brain damage. Well, um, that's what I would have expected. I would have expected something like a 10% death rate. Really horrible stuff. You know, seeing someone that was healthy, shot to death, like, and then their brain starts, like, they, they start spasming, their muscles go all over the place because their brain is fucking dying. I never saw this happen here. 99% of the people had like a spun- like had a recovery and left. And then it turned out that Laura Loomer, who was on location at the time, tried to get access to the morgue to find out who these people that had actually died were. And it was top secret. They wouldn't let her figure it out. They wouldn't answer any of her questions. They wouldn't say who these people were. And I think it's still a mystery about yeah. who these people were dead. And it just turns out that it was. Oh yeah. Here's the cherry on the top. You ready for this? George Soros put a put sell on August 14th, 2017. I verified this by looking through the SEC's website and seeing the transaction logs in the, in the XML file that I was able to download from that day. And I'm like, wait a minute, so on top of all this, you got George Soros with the $33 million put option making a bet that the Bellagio would have its stock crash. This was wow. an assassination attempt. And they were trying to get as much money and extract as much value out of this as that they could. And they did it from all these different angles. And when I saw all that, and then once I like saw the people being assassinated, I just I broke down, I started crying. I couldn't take it. I said, Is this really the world that we're living in right now? That yeah. c- that that has this much control over the media?
3: And it was. Yeah. You know, and even the, I don't know if you pay attention to numerology, but even the number 33 has a very significant uh, meaning, uh, in, in, very deep within the occult, uh, Freemasonry. And uh, it, this stuff, there's a lot of symbology that goes a- along with this stuff. And I don't know where you stand on like the idea of, you know, this, the occult and things like that. And if it's, you know, I'm all into it. Oh, let, oh really? Let me know. Yeah, huh? Okay, well, I I didn't I didn't know if you were or not. Um, but I, for instance, this this is very recent. Okay, so my audience knows one thing that I am I'm a huge basketball fan since I was a kid. Uh, and I graduated high school the same year as LeBron James, and so I've followed him closely because LeBron James was the next Michael Jordan. I hereby publicly declare I am no longer a fan of that man, and it's because a video that I found. Just this past weekend, it was actually like an hour before I contacted you. It showed LeBron James in one video in the warm-up line. Uh, he pounds his chest, gives the goat horns to the sky as he looks to the sky. Brings his hand down, does the Illuminati symbol pointing to the ground, and then he brings his hands apart and gives a six 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 sign on each hand. And then he does it. Uh, uh, and then he does something else with his hands. And that told me right there that LeBron James, who hangs out with Jay Z, who puts do as thou wilt with wilt, which is an Anton LaVey saying on his clothing line, has been infiltrated mentally by Jay Z and that, that whole thing. But it's, it's so deep that. I go to Instagram, maybe an hour or two later, and I see a picture of LeBron James' son playing a basketball game and Dwayne Wade, LeBron James' best friend, uh, in the picture cheering him on. And I zoom in on uh, Dwayne Wade's hoodie, and it's it's the names of the kids on the team, including LeBron James Jr., in a circle. Inside that circle is another circle, connecting strand of DNA, making a circle. And inside that, a hand doing goat horns.
0: I'll send you they the picture. Send me the picture. That that's mind blowing. I will, right? t- they, I will tell you. They're this addicted too. to their symbolism.
3: One hundred percent, and they'll put it. They'll put it right in front of your face because most people don't pay attention to it, or they're scared to pay attention to it. What What you'll see in this picture is the goat horns. Where in the in America, it's it's a sign for "I love you" in sign language. Here's another thing that I'll tell you, Helen Keller. Uh, Defined that, so she took that sign. She said, "This sign means I love you' in in sign language." Helen Keller was an occultist. She took that sign, which was an occultic sign, and made it made it "I love you" in sign language in America. It's I, I believe wow. America is the only country in the world that uses "I love that I love you" as a sign. And so it, she and she was an occultist and a theosophist. And so, it, it, but I, I bring all that up because the satanic element to all this is so deep that it's hard to fathom. And there are people, because I'm, I'm a Christian, and I have a very wide base audience. I, I know for a fact I have Satanists that listen to my show. And when I bring up the, the, the hot topic of God, and I, I talk about Jesus too much or something like that, I get emails about it. But the this aspect is so deep rooted into our culture and society. This is something that isn't an old religion coming back or circling back around and making a comeback. This is an old religion that has been here the entire time time. in the shadows. And the only reason why we see it now is because we have more access to information. It's been here the whole time. It's
0: been here the whole time.
3: I'm sorry man you're supposed to be talking.
0: <laughs> no, I am I'm 100% on with you man. Like they've been here for the, they they descend from the sons of Noah, you know, they the Canaanites, Cain and Abel, the Canaanites they mixed with the with the Jews. God told them to not mix with the Canaanites, but they did. Uh they create a very smart race and they've got a pact with uh with Moloch. They're these yeah. pantheists. They they believe that if they keep the covenant with their God, that they can inherit the earth. And yeah. that's that's the way that they've been working. They're so unbelievably evil that people just can't comprehend that they would do something as bold as, you know, put in soft metals into our vaccines in order to, you know, destroy the brains of our children. Like it's um it's beyond what people are able to imagine. And because of that, they are in total denial that that's the way that the world is. Uh, but for someone that's hyper rational, like I use Occam's razor and sees like this phenomenon, all these people talking about these, you know, pantheists uh, that have been. Practicing child sacrifice. And then I go and I reread the Bible. I'm like, okay, well, they, here, they, here, it is. Like it existed back then. What, you know, at what point did it stop? And if it, if I can't find a point that it stopped, then maybe it still exists. And then you start realizing, okay, it does. And this is where we get our story from vampires from, right? It's an ancient cover-up story about why all the kids were appearing with, like, um, with blood drained out, and it's because, well, the elites. Have this adrenalized blood ritual that they perform, and that's that's the reason why we got vampires now.
3: You know, and and there's there's tons of ancient writings outside the Bible. Now, being somebody that I am, uh, I give a lot of weight to the Bible and the scriptures there, uh, but these things can be found outside the Bible too. I will tell you though, uh, you brought up Moloch. Moloch is in the Bible. That's how old this thing is. Yeah in Leviticus 1821 it says do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Moloch this is in the Bible yeah. For You not must not profane the name of your God I am the lord that's what it says and 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 where do we hear where what, who is the most prominent person to utter Moloch well it was Hillary Clinton in the WikiLeaks when she said I don't know if it's a joke or not I i it, it, I, I, let's just say it was a joke. She's joking around in an email about sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Moloch, who in their right mind, who, who does not look into Satanism, who doesn't know anything about the stuff would think to joke about something like that in an email about sacrificing something to Moloch. Nobody As a does world leader. that.
0: Like maybe a comedian would say that right. As something that's like so out there, but like someone that's worried about, you know the wrong thing being interpreted from their text would, you know, would put this one in an email like that may get intercepted. Like, what the hell is going on here? Yes, like <laughs> you know. So now we know the truth. The reason why she was okay putting that was because they're they're running the whole you know new world order thing. And thank God for Putin coming out there and saying the new world order worships Satan. It sounded. It blew my mind. And I thought that it was a lunatic and it turns out that he was just disclosing the truth to us and it, it you get, we got to be hit with a bunch of times before we wake up and realize what's really going on
3: yeah and, and I'll tell you what man um it- you know, we've been manipulated to think that Russia bad, uh, Putin bad and all that stuff. And he may not be the greatest guy. In fact, we know he's not just from his history of his life and who he's been dealt with and the gangs pretty much that he's been involved in. He, he's not the greatest of guys, but no, uh, he did speak truth there. And the fact is that the truth is ingrained into this stuff so deeply that you really do have to start looking like you have to open your eyes and look to, and this is not a, uh, a a Tony rant against Democrats. And I love Republicans. I tell you guys all the time. I don't like any of them. I'm on team Tony. I'm not team Republican. I'm not team Democrat. I'm T Tony. I look at everything the way I want to see it. And this is just my honest to God opinion that, Satan, there's a, there's a satanic element that's running our world, not just our government, but our entire world. And I I don't go on these big rants out a whole, whole lot on this show, but we have Zach Voorhees here and I'm just going off right now. So, <laughs> but uh, Zach, I wanted to ask you one more thing and then we're going to end this thing here. I think um, Q, you're, you're an internet sleuth. And uh, you actually, I want to ask you two more things. One, before we go on to Q, what is your IQ? Uh,
0: I tested it in college. Uh, it was 133. I think it's probably like 143 now because um, of all the education that I've had. And also, um, people that tend to use uh, um, Adderall for a while have an uh, IQ shift in the positive direction. So yeah. I would say that I'm probably like 143 right now.
3: I heard about the um, Silicon Valley guys always on the Adderall stuff. I gotta get on it myself. I gotta get smarter these days. Uh
0: no. The reason here's the thing is that the way the health works is that um you get a disease because of a vitamin deficiency and um, or a parasite or whatever, and as a result, um your brain's not working that well, and slows down, and so um. You take Adderall to like try to fix it, but now you're you've got this dependency um i've actually I'm not using it anymore just because I was able to figure out that I had a vitamin deficiency and uh and fix that and once I fixed that then um I dropped off a lot of weight and I didn't need the Adderall anymore so I've lost like twenty five pounds in the last uh nine months just because of you know getting a better diet
3: well I mean I think I would lose. A hundred pounds going through what you went through, man. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't be stress. I, I wouldn't be eating. I'd be forgetting to eat. So, uh, but yeah, I wanted to just bring up this idea of Q because um, I, I I see it around, and a lot of people ask me to do a show on Q, and I just haven't found the right formula for me to do it yet. Uh, and I'm honestly not sure exactly how I feel about Q. And if I if you put a gun to my head and said you have to tell me what you think Q is, I would say personally, I lean towards the idea that Q being a possible AI bot, man. Like, I I think that some of the things that th- this this person or whatever it is, is throwing out there, because here, what do we know about artificial intelligence right now? Uh, we know that back in the day when the computer was beating people in chess, we were, they were programming this, they were giving this this artificial intelligence, uh, a parameters to operate in. There are rules that they had, and, and it mastered these rules and it started beating people. But now, what we're doing is uh, we have artificial intelligence doing machine learning and learning from other uh, machines, and it's learning incredibly fast. And I just wonder, would it be possible for artificial intelligence to simulate and 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 be? able to almost predict and see what's coming down the road just because it has so much access to information and playing the probability game of everything out there that it might be able to function as a cue and but judging by the way you you looked at the camera you probably never heard that before
0: (laughs) i I mean no 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 i've thought about this a lot um and i've actually had this question a lot i I think that Q is a real... I think Q is a counterintelligence operation, right? If you look at the disinfo coming out, what is that? That's intelligence operation. Um, how do you counter that in order to get your revolution through? You're going to need to have a counterintelligence operation. What counterintelligence is going to do is it's going to say, hey, they're lying, right? That's what Q's doing right now is that when you, when you look at Q, and you look at the predictions that they're giving and the information that they're doing, it's like you can be years ahead of this whole thing. Like... This um this information about who was responsible for changing the 302s in the FISA report, like that turns out that it's all like uh, Peter Strazok and Lisa Page, and and we were getting dropped all this information in 2017, 2018. Uh, We had a heads up on Jeffrey Epstein that he was the Keystone, and now all this stuff is happening, and Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein is right in the middle of all of it, just like it was prophesized to be, and so. I honestly just think it's a good old fashioned counterintelligence operation done by the military and by private business. I actually have an idea about who it could possibly be, uh, really? who, who part of the, the Q team is. Uh, that's not because I've been told by anyone. It's because of um, certain things that are deleted immediately on the Q board when posted, gives you a clue on who's 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 got a stake in this. Um, and the thing is, is that uh, it's a pr- partnership military service. So part military, part private, um, you know, a few of these billionaires are upset and they want to get these child sacrificing, uh, pedophiles out of office, you know, and they, they realize that it's really cheap to deliver the truth. So, um, they're all working together to disseminate real information. And I think that there's some people behind it. So.
3: And and I, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. You know, I, I just, uh, one of the things that was a, like a flag to me was when the FBI, what was it, back in August or July or something like that, when they came out and they're like, you know, if, if you're basically a supporter of Q, they're, they were going to come after you.
0: Uh, that was just one office, though, giving a report. That's not the whole FBI.
3: But either way, if they can find people that are supporting Q, why can't they find Q himself?
0: I mean, it's not the whole FBI that wants to out him or, you know, put it as a domestic terror target. It was on one state run FBI and then the, the media blew it up, which is what they always do. They always say, Oh, this is the this is the opinion of the whole FBI. Even the FBI says it's a cult. Yeah, whatever. One 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 person, one holdover, posted this out and who cares? Um you know what's really interesting is this idea that my friend Patrick Ryan came up with, which was auto cults. Like what would happen if we got AI so good that we could just spin up like a a QAnon cult automatically and then have it interact with everyone and then get them to uh, band together under like desperate collections of people. And then you get all those people to sort of like fight and then you create a civil war by like insert quarter, create civil war in a country and just do that uh, and create chaos throughout the world. I thought that was really interesting.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely interesting. It's scary to think about because it's something that 20 years ago, we'd be like, oh, that's impossible. Now we're like, uh, I could really see that happening. Yeah. I could really see that happening. Especially uh, with all
0: the deep fakes.
3: Yeah, and that the, I'm telling you, the deep fakes, I am surprised the deep fakes aren't more of an issue today than what they, what they could be. And I give it another five more years and the deep fakes are going to be such a mainstream uh, talking point. Because of, you know, once that technology becomes more and more available where a kid in high school can do it from his phone on his app, that, that is a wrap. I mean, deep fakes are going to be a problem.
0: Deep fakes are going to save our country. You want to why? Really? Uh-huh. So the way that the currency of the elite is blackmail, right? Right, yeah. Okay. So if you, if you take the, the value of blackmail, it's got a per unit average value. And the blackmail has a supply and demand, okay there's a demand for it, there's a supply of it. Well, with deep fakes you can basically just make blackmail on the fly. just generate it's fake. And if you start flooding in the market with counterfake blackmail material, then what's going to do to the value of the real blackmail material?
3: devalue it.
0: It's going to devalue it. So now all this currency that these elites are holding over the politicians, the operators of the government, um, becomes worthless, which means that all the strings get cut, which means you got your country back. That's usually why the media is so, so... Like, worried about this deep fakes is because it ends the rule over our politicians.
3: I've never thought of it that way, and that would actually give me the answer to what I was just saying about why it's not a quote unquote bigger issue right now because they don't want it to be. Because if it becomes a bigger issue, it actually frees so many people.
0: Yeah, wow. So, yeah, there you go. Wow, that's and by thought. the way, by the way. The only blackmail that becomes valid at that point is the one that Julian Assange is holding, and he released it with, with an MD5. And um, if that gets decrypted, then they can't say that it's fake blackmail material because um, it was released to the public in encrypted form uh, like years ago. So, um, it, you know, in this blackmail apocalypse that happens, Julian Assange's blackmail still retains its value so um things are gonna get interesting
3: i hope you very i'm stocking up on popcorn listen man i am like i'm not the smartest guy in the world but i am looking forward to trying to follow all this stuff as close as possible i feel like it's my job with the audience that i have to try to be as educated as possible and i'll tell you zach uh when i knew you and i are going to be talking you know i'm looking around online for just some different things with you uh I'm on I go to Google or um uh YouTube dude they really are actively suppressing you on YouTube because there there's stuff on there about you and stuff but it's like like all right for instance the 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 video of, right now the video of you um when you search your name the, the video of you on that news report it had like one point eight thousand views like it was one of the first things that popped up and I was like I didn't know that you were in like there, let alone being on a news thing, and you would think more people would see that. There, the interviews that you do, a couple thousand views. There's been some that have more, but for the most part, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe that it was being kind of pushed down as well, as much as it was because of who you are. It makes sense though, you know, because of you know what platform it is. And I tell people all the time with my show that one day. I might say something that gets me deplatformed with Apple or or because we're, you know, podcast first and Apple's a giant and we know that they've deplatformed other people in the past it might happen to me. And that's why I always tell people, you have to go to the website for, you know, if, if I'm gone one day, the website will be there. You can sign up for the newsletter, and that will always have you connected to me. You can sign up for my text messaging group so that if, if anything happens, I can shoot out a text message, you get that information. But deplatforming and suppression suppression of information when it's hurting, the, hurting their toes or hurting their pockets, it's a very real thing. And I I just I, I just wanted to say that to you because like, I, when I was looking around for you online and stuff, I I just I thought I would have saw more uh, traction on some of the things I was seeing than what I than what I saw. Uh, even even for instance, I I found your your YouTube channel, dude, like six hundred subscribers or something. I was like, are you kidding me? Like that's it? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really pushing my YouTube channel because um, it doesn't matter. I just have the assumption. I just have the assumption they're just going to blow. They're going to wipe it out. Probably by oh, December sure. 10th or something. So I'm putting no effort into building anything out on YouTube. Zach, I, it's just going to be gone.
3: Dude, I, when I started my YouTube channel for the show, I, I barely touch it as it is. Like, because I'm a podcaster and sometimes I put my show on video form. I got like, I don't know, 4,500 subscribers on YouTube and I'm barely trying with it, you know? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, for what you're doing and stuff to have not even a thousand subscribers, just people that are just randomly like, Hey, let me just subscribe to this. And just in case something pops off on it, you know, like I was shocked. I was shocked. But, um, anyway, Zach, I feel like I could talk to you forever and, uh, I've, I've had you long enough and I want to let you get to bed. So (laughs) I appreciate you being here, man. Well,
0: thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure to be on your podcast.
3: Absolutely. And you have an open door to come back anytime, man. In fact, I would love to sit down and talk with you some more about stuff because I feel like there's a lot of things that we could touch on. Maybe one day we could do a live show and have people call in and ask you questions. I think that'd be fun.
0: I would love that. How many do you, How many views do you usually get per video? Uh,
3: I'm not sure about you. Like I said, I'm a podcaster first. Uh I'll tell t- I'll tell you my my stats when we end the recording here, which is right now. Okay. Bye, guys. That's good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, email, water coolers, mail pigeons. I don't care where you share the show, but please share it if you enjoyed it, because that is the best thing you can do to help support the show on a weekly basis. And like I said on the show, sign up for the newsletter. You can go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the About section, and in the About section, you'll see newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter so you're always in contact with us if we were ever booted off any of these platforms. And you can also sign up for the text message community first in line. All you got to do is text the word YUP, Y-U-P to 844 2150819 That's 844 215 Text the word YUP and you'll always be in contact with me Just in case I was ever to be taken off any of these platforms, you can stay in contact with me and the confessionals and always know what is coming. Until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye.
2: With the things you said. One, don't pick up the phone You know he's only calling cause he's drunk and-
1: you know no. Zach Voorhees, a senior uh, software engineer uh, at YouTube who actually witnessed uh, what seems to be part of this shooting incident. Tell me exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, So what happened was I was sitting at my desk uh, programming when we all heard the fire alarm come off. Uh, So uh, we evacuated the building. I had my skateboard. I started skating down towards the lunch courtyard area, and I heard a commotion, and I saw somebody uh, screaming out uh, come and get me um, and th- I saw to his to my left uh, his right that there was somebody on the ground uh, on his back with what looked like a, a like a like a red stain on his stomach which I'm gonna guess is a bullet wound um, and I didn't really understand what exactly what was going on until the police came through the door with an assault rifle and then I um I got out of there. I ran out, I uh, escaped through the uh, parking structure and I exited the, uh, the building.
1: Wow, I mean, what went through your head when you saw this? Because you see a man lying on the ground. Was there any shooter nearby? Paint me a picture of, of what went yes. through your head.
2: So what happened was that uh, the guy, there, was, there was a guy on the ground, he had been shot and the shooter was within 20 feet from him. And, um, and he was yelling, uh, come and get me. And I, I didn't understand what was going on at the time, um, and yeah, that was that was it. It was it was the shooter and apparently his victim, uh, within 25 feet of each of each other.
1: Do you ever think that you're a little bit too close for comfort? I mean, I know you bolted out as soon as you possibly could on your skateboard.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't, obviously would not have gone that direction, um, and it was definitely a little too close for comfort. Um, and as soon as the police were there. I was like, I do not want to get in the middle of this shooting match, so I, I I escaped.
1: You know, so many details are coming in at such a rapid pace, it's hard to keep them all straight. Can you give me a description of what that shooter looked like?
2: Uh, he looked like he was uh, a bit heavy heavyset. Um, I didn't recognize him from YouTube. Um, I would have guessed that he was 5'9". But it happened so quickly that um, it, I, I don't. The, the details are a little bit fuzzy still.
1: I can only I can only imagine. Did he have an accent or uh, any clothing that would give away more of his identity?
2: Uh, the only thing that I can remember is that he looked like he was wearing gray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah.
1: So tell me, how do you think that he could have possibly entered? I mean, security-wise at YouTube, are there metal detectors? I mean, are there badges you need to swipe in order to get into that area?
2: So the, the, I can't go much into the security of YouTube, but I I, I can say that they have uh, security doors. Um, But the uh, garage area allows walk-in. And I come in the morning often on my skateboard, and I kind of sail through the parking garage, and I'm able to get into the... The outside courtyard area, um, which is where he was at. So he was in, a, in an area that was technically um, somebody from the public could access.
1: And let me ask you you said that your phone has been blowing up um, with text messages and inquiries from friends and family. What have you heard so far from the rest of your colleagues?
2: Um, I haven't really talked, I've only talked to one colleague so far. Um, I, I went live on Facebook. Just because you know everybody's hungry for information on what's happening, and I've just been blowing up uh, with uh, requests from my family um, and my friends, uh, trying to see uh, if if I've been all right. There was one. A uh, person I believe worked uh, in the facilities who uh, actually witnessed the, uh, the the shooting, and I actually have his interview on on my phone.
1: Oh, I'll try and get that from you in a little bit. Unless you want to, if you would, you like to pull that up now? Do you um, have a moment? No. Uh, So for all of you who are just tuning in, we are in San Bruno outside the YouTube campus where I'm speaking with a senior software engineer right now, Zach Voorhees, uh, who just uh, escaped this active shooter situation. He saw, uh, according to him, a body on the ground uh, with some sort of wound to the chest and abdomen area. He escaped through uh, the parking garage.